Thank you for tuning in into this year's Fright Month, and again, throughout this month of October, we shall be discussing one location around the city of Philadelphia with each and every installment. We're going to give you some of the history and of the sightings of hauntings and spooky stuff associated to the location. And these are going to be shorter episodes than the typical weekly uploads that you can expect here on the channel. Or podcast. I keep saying channel. I need to stop saying that. And we're also going to discuss uh, some of the more lingering history that might stay at the location. Also, if you are not already, be sure to check out the Patreon throughout the month to check out show note links, resources that were used to create these episodes, as well as some behind-the-scenes content such as videos or photos taken at all of these locations. Not all, I should not say all, but a good portion of these locations that I can access here in Philadelphia. So I hope you guys enjoy and get ready for today's episode. But before we get into today's topic, I want to run a quick promo, something that I will be doing for the remainder of the month interchangeably with different podcasts that have a similar theme or content to the ones you can hear here. Today's promo that we will be running is for the Nothing Ever Happens in Canada podcast, a another anchor-hosted podcast like myself who talks about myths and legends and sort of the more unknown tales that you can associate with the lovely country of Canada. If you are interested in checking out their content, then sit tight and listen to their promo right here. <laughs> Welcome to Nothing Ever Happens in Canada, and I'm Canadian Girl. Do you like adventures, myths, legends, and learning about some of Canada's greatest moments in history? Well then this is the podcast for you. Join me every two weeks as we travel around Canada, exploring things like mermaids, giants, lost gold mines, and we even stop once in a while to observe historical events and people. Come on over to the channel and join the crew by hitting that subscribe button today. You don't want to miss out on our next adventure. So today we shall be discussing Library Hall. Now Library Hall was founded in the year 1731 by none other than Benjamin Franklin himself, along with a few of his friends within the library company. Together, they helped to establish a collection that was available for local community members to enjoy publicly. Up until this point, books were pretty exclusively owned by the wealthy and were oftentimes kept within personal collections. During the colonial era here in Philadelphia, the delegates who attend the Continental Convention, the gatherings that we discussed within the City Tavern episode, these men were encouraged to utilize the books and resources found within the library. Because of this, the library is very strongly considered the forerunner of the eventual Library of Congress. The Library Hall building was constructed in the year 1790, located across the street from Philosophical Hall, and it continued to operate here until eventually the library company just simply outgrew the location. After which, the building was then tore down uh, to make room for the Drexel building, and the library company then moved its collection to 1314 Locust Street, where it continues to remain to this day. During the 1950s, however, there was a rather big trend across Philadelphia when it came to preserving and restoring a lot of the historical landmarks and structures here across the city. Rightfully so, too, because you want to preserve history. 
And during this time period, the Drexel building, as it was, was essentially scrapped and a new reproduction of the library company's original building that stood there in 1790 was rebuilt on the original grounds. Today, this new reconstruction of Library Hall houses some of the collections from, again, the Philosophical Society, who today are the ones who own and maintain the building. The location is also known as the American Philosophical Society building if people are confused when they Google it, or if you need better directions when visiting here in Philly. It's a bit confusing. So what about the ghosts that are mentioned here? So as mentioned before while we were discussing the Christchurch Burial Ground episode, Benjamin Franklin is known to frequent several locations that he has been attached to throughout his life. One such location would be today's topic of discussion, the Library Hall. However, with this location, there are some more unique stories due to what the building has to offer. In specific, the statue of Franklin's likeness that is dressed in a toga that is situated above the front entrance of the hall. So as the story goes, shortly after Franklin's death, people began to report seeing the statue remove itself from its pedestal and begin to walk through the streets of Philadelphia. It seems that the statue could potentially be possessed by Franklin himself, as oftentimes it is reported that the statue would make its own way towards Franklin's home, or it would also be reported to frequently take trips to taverns and bars in the surrounding area. One such tavern that it would sometimes allegedly frequent would be none other than the City Tavern, the place that we discussed earlier. All of these were rather common routines and paths that Franklin himself would usually take after spending a day at the library. It is also rumored that during Easter Sunday on particular, the statue is said to climb down from its pedestal and dance around the building in celebration. However, you would think that Due to this legend having a rather specific time frame, more investigators of the supernatural would sought it out to investigate. However, as things go, uh, Franklin was not a highly religious individual during his life. So, to apply that connotation to his spirit after death, especially on a date that frequently changes each year, It doesn't really fit, and it doesn't apply a lot of credence to this specific aspect of the legend. However, again, the legend of the statue itself coming down and dancing or walking around is still very much prevalent. But this is not the only story associated with Franklin when it comes to this location. After his death, Franklin seems to have stuck around the building itself. A cleaning woman who was working within the library reported seeing Franklin's ghost rather frequently during the mid-1880s. So much so that it almost was every single morning while she was cleaning up. She would spot a man dressed in 17th century attire, roaming about the library either whispering or muttering to himself. This man would also frequently move books around, and then also was seen to climb up ladders in order to retrieve more books. Oftentimes, he could also be seen pacing back and forth throughout the halls or some of the rooms in the building, as well as leaning up over tables while studying papers. 
This continued on for some time, with no real concern or problems on the part of the cleaning lady. She just sort of went about her day, and Franklin was just part of the process. This was, however, until one day in 1884 that this supposed ghost of Franklin ran quickly past her and knocked her well on her butt. This woman, however, this cleaning lady, she was not having it. She was not happy that Franklin pushed her over and was wildly upset with the spirit for not stopping and apologizing for what he did. So, she chased him down. She chased down Franklin within Library Hall. Once she caught up to Franklin's spirit, she, like, laid into him. She started yelling, she started lecturing him on that's not how you're supposed to treat a woman, this is not very gentleman-like behavior, this is not appropriate. After all which, Franklin's spirit would simply turn around, face her, fold his arms, and bow an apology. (laughs) Her words actually got through to him. So after this point, however, the ghost allegedly avoided the rooms that were being currently cleaned. Until this woman was through with them, Franklin would essentially just stay out of her way. However, it's reported that on occasions, she would spot the spirit peeking out around the corner in order to check on her progress. After this point in 1887, the sightings essentially stopped, and this was due to the fact that the building was being demolished that same year in order to be replaced by the Drexel and Company building that we discussed earlier. This would continue to remain true until, again, the American Philosophical Society came into the picture in 1958 and decided to rebuild the library to what it once was. And this wasn't the only thing that they brought back to the location because it seems that their reconstruction also brought back Franklin's spirit. People still report seeing Franklin's ghostly spirit carrying books and roaming about through the halls of the building, such as the cleaning lady did back in the 1880s, but it would seem that Ben Franklin had forgotten the scolding that he received from this individual, as similar to the Christchurch burial grounds that we discussed earlier, women have reported the feeling of being pinched, sometimes on their rear, by an unseen hand. Within more recent years, too, an employee who had been working at the building had a guest present her with a photo of the building's exterior. This photo was taken on an iPhone during a tour with some of the local historical buildings. This was taken, I believe, in the years of either 2014 or 2015, give or take. And in one of the windows of this photo, there appears to be a figure that looks awfully close to what Franklin looked like. And this is even more peculiar as at the time of this photo being taken and then subsequently being shown to this worker of this building, the library had been closed. The library was not accessible to anyone, anyone at all. No one should have been inside the building. Workers were not on duty within the building. No one should have been inside. And for some reason, there's some dude who looks as though it might be Ben Franklin just hanging out reading a book or just hanging out in the window. For some reason, that seems to be the case, and people continue to see his spirit even up until today. But this is actually going to be all for today's location. There's not a whole lot more when it comes to the spirit sightings. Again, Ben Franklin is pretty much the main entity when it comes to a lot of the places that he seems to haunt. But I do hope you guys enjoyed learning some of the short history and haunts associated with Library Hall. 
And remember, if you do want to check out the show note links and the resources that were used to create this episode, then you can do so by going over to the Patreon. And again, you can also check out some behind-the-scenes exclusive content over there as well. And if you want to stay up to date when it comes to uploads and Fright Month, then you can do so by going over and checking out the Twitter and Instagram at Realm of Unknown. Again, I hope you guys do enjoy this rather brief episode, albeit, but rather interesting one in the same pace. And again, be sure to go over and check out today's promo podcast as well to give some support. And I hope you guys continue to join us throughout Fright Month here at Realm of Unknown. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.